Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bigfoot Collectors Club presents Terrifying Tales from Zombie Bigfoot's Cryptid Crypt! <laughs> I know a ghost story about you! Well, hello everybody and welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Bigfoot Collectors Club! The show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. And not with us tonight, super producer Riley Bray (laughs) is missing from this record. He's so sorry. He had to to miss this one, kids. Um, I'm I'm living in a broken home right now, a broken clubhouse. I got I got Riley last week, no Bryce. I got Bryce this week, no Riley. Uh, I'm an orphan. I'm an orphan. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I have two beds now. I have two bathrooms, two backyards. Aww. No, it's fine. Ooh. Everybody's fine. Uh, Riley, honestly, Riley just uh, he's playing a show. Spindrift had a gig, and we got to record. We wish him well, and we're sorry that we're missing that show. Uh, we're happy. That yeah. He's spe- speaking of which, I've been so vibing out on on Spindrift, like a Spotify playlist. They're just they're such a mood. If you guys haven't checked out Spindrift yet and their music, give them a listen. Check them out. It's like a cool Western Tarantino vibe. Uh, very cool stuff. Yeah, not the not the sparkling water, okay, guys? Not the fizzy drink. We were not talking about that. We're talking about Riley's band Spindrift. What does he call it? Not I almost said trip hop western, but I don't think that's correct. Psychedelic Western. Psychedelic Western? western? Yeah, which yeah. is way cooler. Yep. That's the one. Um, well, as you guys heard from the intro music, it's October. It's officially the spooky season, which is a thing that everyone just decided we're saying now. And therefore, we are returning to Zombie Bigfoot's Cryptid Crypt. All month long, we will be sharing extra scary stories of high strangeness here on the main feed and over on the Patreon, BCC The Other Side. And what better way to celebrate than by picking up Tyler Benz's perennial Zombie Bigfoot t-shirt or sticker or mug, if you haven't done so already, over on the Campfire Shop. Go to wearecampfire.media. Slap that shop button. You can also find the link in our bios on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on Twitter at Bigfoot Pod. Yeah, I got to get me another black hoodie with that with that design on it. Mine is worn the fudge out, dude. I love that hoodie. 
here's a tip. Here's a tip. You're probably doing Bryce. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've noticed some other people doing it. Don't put those shirts in the dryer, guys. It's gonna mm. it's gonna ruin the art. You gotta yeah. line I don't dry do those t shirts. <laughs> yeah, you gotta I'll line dry know. those. Line dry those. It's gonna wear right off. Uh, yeah. I line dry all my tees, whether they're from uh, T Public, Bigfoot Collectors uh, Club shop or not. A little tip, just in general: line hot dry tip. your t-shirts, guys. Hot tip, hot there tip from McMills. Bryce, I don't know about you. I'm really in the mood for Halloween this year. I don't know oh, if last year was. Yeah. I don't know if like last year was just like a bummer, but like I want to watch horror movies. I want to get spooky. I am into like reading some ghost stories. Um, I'm into it. Hundred percent. I dude, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love this season more than anything, dude. Like, I think a couple years ago, it was maybe it was on this podcast that like. Halloween sort of moved into a nice first place over Christmas, I think. I don't know. I just fucking dig it from head to toe. It's low stress. Kids, yeah. your kids, you got kids at the age where it's really fun. They can do some fun costumes. You know what yep. I mean? Um, yep. I just want to watch horror movies. That's all I want to do. I've been watching Midnight Mass on Netflix, which I don't know if you've checked out yet or not. But no. it's fucking chef's kiss mike flanagan who did the haunting of hill house haunting of bly manor ouija origin of evil oculus um really outdoing himself with this new limited series club scouts get on this there is some like high strangeness vibes in this you guys need to check out midnight mass on netflix all right we got to bring in our guest but before we do that it's time for a little clubhouse keeping um i wanted to give our trusty club scouts a little heads up you know we got a lot to look forward to in october but i wanted to let you guys know that for the first time ever in four years we're gonna be taking kind of a hiatus in november and december oh i know Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. a bummer it sucks um multiple reasons for this getting caught up on some research coming down the line Got some extra work going on. Uh, Need a little bit of a break, but fret not. Because even in November and December, even though the regular, the main show is going to be, you know, not every week, you're still going to get something every Wednesday, okay? We're talking uh, Patreon drops, unlocking episodes on the Patreon. We're talking maybe some classic episodes, some possible live shows. You know we're going to give you that jet ski special. Um, That's coming big time. Probably doing another live stream show in there, so we won't be gone completely. But I just wanted to give you guys a little head up. Heads up, we're taking a hiatus November and December. Once those holidays are over and it's January, we will be back. There are going to be fun drops during this period, so please keep subscribing on your favorite podcast app. And also, the Patreon, the other side, will continue uninterrupted as scheduled. So our Patreons, say it, Bryce. Say yeah, it, Bryce. we'll be getting new, our, our Patreons. Yes, we'll be getting new episodes yes. every week. Yeah, well, three to five bonus episodes as as typical, right, yes. Right, right. Uh, maybe not every week, but you know, you'll get, you're still going to get your fix. So um, that's it. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up. We'll remind you when we get to the end of this month that that's happening, but uh, we love you guys just taking a little break and we'll be back in January, 2020. In the meantime, you can support the show by subscribing to the podcast. If you aren't already doing so and giving us a five-star review on Apple podcasts or your favorite podcast app, like this one that Bryce is going to read for you right now. Late to the party. 
says uh, Samantha Hat A. Five stars. I'm late to the party, but as a mom, I can confirm moms love Bryce. Yes. Aww. Parental love coming in in all forms. Bryce, you weren't here last week. Uh, we found out that stepdads also love you and that uh, moms also love Riley. Oh, good. Okay, great. I love stepdads and moms. So, so far, yeah. just like in the household I grew up in, no confirmation that I'm loved. But that's fine. I, I, it's fine. It's going to be okay. Um, our guest today is a host and TV personality best known for the podcast Monsters Among Us and yes. Travel Channel's Paranormal Caught on Camera. Uh, Club show. Scouts of all timelines. Yes, it is. It's Bryce's favorite show. He talks about it literally more than he talks about this podcast. Uh, please welcome to the show. Derek Hayes. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, Derek, we are so excited to have you here. Uh, I recently did uh, an episode over on your Patreon, which, heads up, will be a shared exclusive dropping this Friday on BCC The Other Side. So uh, if if you're not a subscriber there, uh, check it out over here and then maybe go support uh, Monsters Among Us. But but Derek, 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 business aside. Welcome to the show. You are the guy. Like you are getting firsthand witnesses, like witness stories. What on a yep. weekly basis now? Oh, for on how an many hourly years? basis? I would say at this point. Uh, wow. Essentially, I have a hotline set up, and I have it on my cell phone, like an idiot. And my phone's just <laughs> constantly going off. And I don't even if you call me, good luck because uh, it's just a hotline going off constantly. You're just you done know, answering I, it. Yeah, you I, you need I a, don't even you need a separate line. You need a dedicated line. Then I can't see them come in, and that's kind of the excitement. Like what's you know what's on the hook this time, and it, it's always right. something different every time. So tell us a little bit about the podcast, how it works, um, and how we didn't rip it off. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> you, well, I'm I'm ripping somebody off. That's you know that's how entertainment works, isn't it? Uh, essentially what it is, it's a call-in show, but it's a little bit different. You call in and leave a voicemail. You leave your story in the form of a voicemail. I take it through and edit it, uh, clean it up, make it sound nice and pretty, and we put it on the air for people to hear. Uh, and then we kind of, well, we, as in me, myself, and I, we have a conversation about uh, what it might have been, uh, other occurrences in the past that you know line up with this, or you know mm. current news stories, something like that, that, that may uh, connect the story somehow. So we, we kind of dive in all different levels and that's TV shows. It's other podcasts. That's, uh, you know, uh, YouTube channels, basically anywhere there's paranormal content. I dig into it and try to find it and bring it to the forefront. Wow. So wow. as, as we ask all of our guests, I mean, we should just get right into it here. Yeah. Let's what, jump in. What is your personal paranormal history? How did you get into this? Well, you know, I, I think, a lot like you, actually, Michael, and, and I don't know how you got into it necessarily, Bryce, but uh, Daniel Cohen was a big one. Uh, the Time Life book series, uh, the Reader's Digest book series, and of course, Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, there's a few other shows, Sightings, uh, Scariest Places on Earth, I think was a, a early 90s one. Uh, mm-hmm. Just stuff like that, and I just couldn't get enough. And, you know, once I hit that section in the library, you know, middle school or something, and they had like four or five Bigfoot books, uh, that was just the end right there. But as far as personal experiences, something kind of spurred that on when I was really young. Uh, I grew up in Southeast Ohio. If if you're familiar with the area, it's about halfway between Pittsburgh and Columbus. And you know, it's just like Appalachia through that area. It's the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, it, we lived on a, a former farm. It used to be a farm. We had 13 acres, my dad. Well, he still has it, actually. And we were when we were really little, my brother, my friend, and I, 
uh, we would kind of, uh, we called it sightseeing where we'd pack a lunch in our backpack and we'd go into the woods. You know, it was the eighties. You could do whatever you wanted. And we would go back in there and just have our lunch and just kind of look around this acreage that people really haven't been on for a long time. And while we were back there, we set our, our, our packs out on this big rock and we're just kind of talking. And all of a sudden we hear some brush popping up on the hillside and we kind of look up there and you know, we're eight, 10 years old. We're not very old. So we don't really know what to expect. And suddenly here comes this black panther charging through the wood line. Wow. Uh, Yeah. I mean, as like something straight out of a zoo. And, you know, mind you, this is Ohio. Mountain lions don't even live in Ohio. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, for our listeners, black panthers aren't supposed to exist in Ohio. Yeah. Well, they're not supposed to exist anywhere in the U.S. unless you look (laughs) at, you know, like a black jaguar in southern Arizona or something specific like that. But. Um, so there it was plain as day, huge, very muscular. Uh, this thing was bigger than any dog I've ever seen uh, lower to the ground, lower profile. But the thing that really caught us off guard, I guess, was the, the tail. And, you know, again, this was 30 years ago at this point, probably, probably even more than that, honestly. And, uh, the memory is a little foggy. It's not, not what it used to be, but I recall this long slender tail and this thing just taking off. And ironically it was headed toward, a a pipeline that cut through our property where they'd run a natural gas line, I believe it was. Hmm. So essentially it was like a ribbon of field that's maybe a hundred feet wide that cut all the way through this forested area. And it went as far as you you could walk miles and miles in each direction on this uh, right away uh, pipeline. So anyway, we tried to cut it off. So we ran towards that pipeline because that's where it was headed. And we thought, well, we'll get a plain view of this thing. Uh, you know, out in this field. And we only had to run 20 feet and this thing had to go 200, 300 feet and it still beat us. It was that fast. So whatever this thing was, it scared the hell out of us. You know, we took off back to the house and uh, my dad just happened to be coming home from work around the same time. And (laughs) this is kind of the classic line in in the typical style of my dad. He's like, oh yeah, I saw that thing last week. And, you know, that was confirmation for us. You know, he saw it. Apparently he went down to uh, the neighbor's pond and back in the day, I don't think he does this anymore, but back in the day, he used to shoot groundhogs uh, because they would uh, tear up the fields. And so we were trying to mow your, your tractor would get stuck down in a groundhog hole and stuff. So um, maybe signs of a serial killer. I, I don't know what that is specifically. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, he was back in there and he went to the pond. And, and sure enough, this this animal, whatever this thing was, was drinking at the pond. And he had it through the scope on the gun. He said he didn't know why he didn't fire. I'm glad he didn't. But uh, I would love to know what it was, granted. But uh, he doesn't know why he didn't fire. He, he he looked at it. He, you know, remembered that it was there and didn't say anything to us for some reason. And then the craziest part is he let us go down into the woods after that, knowing that thing was down there. So <laughs> parent of the year right there. Uh, right, right. But that, that was one of my first experiences that kind of got me into the cryptid side of things uh, pretty quickly. It, you know, once once that gateway opens, uh, it's like marijuana and heroin, I think. <laughs> you you. you you get started and you just take off. Totally. And Derek, what, I mean, so what do you guys, what does your family think that that was? Was that just uh, a cryptid and an unconfirmed uh, flesh and blood big cat of the uh, upper northeast region? Well, you know, it's weird because there's a lot of stories from that area. And when I started doing my podcast, I, I started hitting up family members. And my brother, uh, he's retired now, but he was a cop in my hometown for a long time. He was chief of police for a long time in my, my hometown, which is 1500 people, something like that. Wow. And he had seen that thing twice while on patrol. 
And this was maybe 15 miles, 12 miles from the sighting where I saw it. And he's talked to other people that have seen similar things in that area. But, but if you really take a bird's eye view of it, that entire region just seems to be covered with these things, whatever they are, you know, Pennsylvania, mm. New York, West Virginia, Kentucky, Indiana, especially Ohio, like that whole region there seems to really harbor something wow. hidden there. I, I don't know what it is. My guess is a large cat of some kind, but I just don't know how it's possible. The you know, big, I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say the big black cat thing is a phenomenon that we really haven't, you know, like dived into too much on no. this podcast at all. You know, I think like Linda Godfrey, last time she was on the show, which has been mm-hmm. over a year now, um, was like working on a uh, documentary about big cats. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's because it's not a Thunderbird or Bigfoot. I, I've always sort of shrugged at that and gone, yeah, okay. Well, there's either a panther that lives down there that we don't know about or, you know, someone's exotic pets got out and mated and now they've populated the area. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it, and, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, Bryce or Derek, but like why why is it a big deal? <laughs> I'm like playing playing the um like what is it just because like panthers aren't supposed to exist in the US? Well, it falls under the category of out of place animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio is full of these things. There's the phantom kangaroos of the western side of Ohio. Uh, up near uh, Cleveland, there was the Peninsula Python that people saw. For, it was like a 40 or 50 foot python people saw for years uh, in the mm. late 1800s. Uh, so these aren't animals that shouldn't exist. They just, they're animals that shouldn't exist here. So that makes them kind of strange. And of course, I think there's a bit of danger knowing that there's some sort of apex predator loose in the area. Absolutely. Uh, to tie all this in a little bit, I don't know if you guys remember this. I think it was 2011. I've already was living in L.A. for a long time by this point. But uh, in Zanesville, Ohio, which was right down the road, that's where we went to the big stores. Um, Named after they, Billy Zane. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, after yeah. his big hit uh, in uh, Back to the Future, they kind of renamed the town. Actually that's named after thought. Zane Gray or Zane, sorry, Zane Trace, who is oh. uh an explorer that kind of built a road from the East coast into the wilds of Ohio and Kentucky. And the road that went through there, which is now I 70 was, uh, was uh, Zane's trace back in the day. And then well, Zane gray ironically was born in that town. So that's amazing. Weird, okay, amazing. Weird coincidences. Anyway, I'm off, I'm off topic here. Where was I? Uh, uh out of place. About out Billy of place Zane. <laughs> so Zane's, so <laughs> Zanesville, there was a, it's called the Zanesville massacre. Now, essentially what took place is there was this guy that had uh, a private zoo, essentially. He had dozens of tigers, lions. He had a few bears, a lot of exotic animals, and he decided he was done. He opened every single cage, let every single one of them out, and then took his own life. So this this town of Zanesville, which I think is about 40,000 people, completely shut down. They just shut everything down because there was 30 tigers on the loose. There was 20 lions on the loose, a few mountain lions. Yeah, I remember this. This was like more recent, right? Yeah, 2011, I think. I think that's about when it was. But uh, like I said, my brother was in law enforcement, so he had a lot of insight of what was going on there. And it's just a tragic, tragic event. But that was 20 miles from my sighting. So uh, I'm not saying they're correlated, but. Yeah. I was going to ask, do you think a lot of those released cats could have uh, multiplied and and grown in number? Or Well, according to the. Most of them. 
Yeah, according to local officials, they killed every one of them. Yeah, oh, the only wow, thing that okay. was the only thing that was still outstanding was a monkey of some sort, and I don't know mm. which species of monkey it was. Uh, and they think that one of the tigers probably ate it. Right, right. I think he head down to Kentucky, Bryce, built himself a little nest out there in the in the Blue God. Hills. Let me. I mean, you know, <laughs> this this black cat thing is just so reminiscent to me of of the Bigfoot phenomenon. You have people families uh reliable eyewitnesses saying they saw something they they know what they saw they can describe it multiple witnesses seeing the same thing but then they're not supposed to exist like the bureau of land management fish and wildlife mm-hmm. uh say no 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 that's not right because they they don't exist up here they you know they there are no uh mountain lions in ohio especially large black panthers or jaguars or black cats they don't exist and so you go well wait a minute so what is it and it's the same thing with bigfoot right it's like people see them multiple witnesses see them but then you know i guess bigfoot's a little stranger because uh you know there are no sort of upright walking large primates besides us Mm -hmm. um that exist out there we know large cats exist but it's it it just I don't know. I, I think it's somehow connected. I don't know. Interdimensional ma- mountain cat. Definitely. <laughs> well, you know, it, like I said, it was a gateway. It really got me into a lot of this stuff. And, you know, I went on to have other experiences in my life. I had, you know, ghost experience and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But um, that was kind of the thing that got me going. I was, if, if this is possible, what else is out there? You know, it just kind of yeah. got the gears going that you know, if I can see this in my own yard, what the hell else is out there, you know? Two yep. things. I can't believe we scooted right past Phantom Kangaroo and I <laughs> without A talking about it and B uh Bryce saying this is gonna go on the track list for BJ and the Shadow Bats. Um just saying that. <laughs> um and then Writing second, what's now. what's your ghost story? It's Halloween, it's zombie sure. Bigfoot's cryptid crypt season. Let's hear that spooky old ghost story. Well, this one, yeah, I I can't get this one out of my head. I've been thinking about it. It, it happened, I was probably 12 or 13, maybe 14. You know, I was an t- early teenager. My grandparents had moved from Ohio to Jacksonville, Florida, and they bought a little trailer in a trailer court, and that's where they retired. And we went to visit them one time. Uh, I don't know what time of year it was. It probably doesn't even matter, but... It was kind of a packed house. You know, they had a small house trailer and my family of five and then my grandparents and there was probably a dog there somewhere. A lot of us were sleep, sleeping on the floor. That's the point I'm getting at. So uh, I'll back up a little bit. The day I got there, I would walk down the hallway to the bathroom and you'd have to pass by a bedroom, just like an open doorway to uh, a room that had like a ceiling fan, uh, like a big lacy curtain and a, f- a futon table or a day bed or a futon couch or a day bed, something like that. So every single time I would walk by out of my peripheral vision, I would see a Native American in full headdress. Like this guy what? looked amazing, just dancing his ass off, his arms just a flailing, his legs kicking up and down. And I would see it out of my peripheral. The second I would turn my head, gone, completely gone. And there's nothing there that I could mistake it for. So this happened two or three times. I started telling my family about it. I'm like, you know, I keep seeing something here and they all think I'm batshit crazy. Uh, that night, I guess it was probably our final night. And I've already seen this thing three, four times and been telling them about it. Uh, we were all like lounged around the house. It was probably three, four in the morning. And 
something came running down the roof of the trailer and came to the end and came running back. It, my dad said sounded like a, a person, two legs, just running back and forth on the roof of the camper. So, I've, of course, everybody gets up, but we're kids. So I, I slept through this part, uh, believe it or not. Uh, so he gets up and my grandparents get up. My mom gets up. And then the, the poundings on the side of the camper, uh, or I keep calling it a camper, but it was a, a trailer. It's like 50 feet long. It's a, it's a house, essentially. So something's running around slapping on the sides of it. And we're in the middle of town. I mean, there's there's uh, uh, other houses you know, within 30, 40 feet of us. So there's, it's not exactly a place where people could hide. So they all jump out, look out the windows. There's absolutely nothing out there. They don't find a source for the sound whatsoever. But I can't help but tie that all in in my head somehow that the native American that I kept seeing was somehow responsible for those sounds. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause it was the only time that there was any, any activity according to my grandparents I'd visited there several times and never experienced anything other than that one single time. And, you know, knowing the land where they live, it just looked prime for like, I could just picture a, a village being there. There was like a, a Creek and a river close by. Yeah. It was just a beautiful plot of land. It, of course it had trailers all over it. So it wasn't as beautiful as it used to be, but uh, I just couldn't help but imagine this maybe some sort of village or something like that. And there's some sort of residual energy that's just uh, going to town in this camper. And I just happened to be there at the right place in the right time. So you're thinking more window to the past time loop kind of thing than possible visitation. Well, you know, when you say it out loud like that, I, I start to question it because it, Seeing the apparitions, one thing that could easily be something residual or replaying, easily. but the p- pounding on the, the trailer itself, running on the roof of the trailer itself, yeah, that's obviously something a little more interactive. So, uh, now that you say that in retrospect, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, that's the thing about this stuff, we're wrong all the time. So, well, you know, I don't think it has to be an either or type of thing, right? Perhaps it's a little bit of both, perhaps it's it's yeah. it's an entity. Uh, a sentient entity or some type of uh, energy that is able to sort of pick up on the residual energy energy and project it as uh, what's already been uh, recorded there, whether in the, in the rocks or in the stream. And so perhaps it's a little bit of both, you know? Yeah. Uh, Who knows? Right. The nothing. I, I mean, I feel like I say this a lot, like nothing scares me more. But, like, honestly, the thought of the running of footsteps on a roof is one of the scariest things ever. So I went to I went to a um, our listeners know this who've been sticking around for a long time. Uh, I went to finish high school at a arts academy up in Michigan called Interlochen. And we were out in the middle of the woods. There were some haunted stories. I, I saw a ghost out there. Story for another time in, an, in a previous episode. But they would talk about, I'd hear stories that when, <clears throat> excuse me, when everyone would camp, you know, pack up and go home for the year. And the residence hall directors and counselors who were all grownups were like cleaning out the dorms, getting, getting, you know, they stuck around for another weekend and shut down the campus. There were stories that they would tell me that once the dorms were empty, they would suddenly hear footsteps of people running up and down the empty hallways on the, on the second floor. There's only two floors in these dorms. 
and they would just sit and listen as they heard the footsteps go boom, 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 you know, from one end of the hall. These these dorms were just shaped like, you know, shoe boxes with like one long hall going down, you know, two different wings and upstairs. And they would just hear footsteps running back and forth and there would be nobody up there. What What are these ghosts doing? You know, it's funny you mentioned that it was an old dormitory. I have this theory that there are certain types of buildings, hospitals, jails, churches, uh, schools, uh, places like that with a lot of energy going in, a lot of energy mm-hmm. going out. They just hold that energy somehow. I don't, I don't ha- have a clue how it happens. I'm certainly not smart enough to figure that out. But it just seems like something seeps into the foundation of the building or the air around it, something. Uh, and it just seems to be those kinds of buildings that, that hold that stuff. I also like the idea that um, that homes themselves or how structures themselves have a spirit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, there, that there's a ghost for every building, you know, that's sort of the inhabitant, the, the like spirit of the building itself, you know, that might be a little personified. And it would be fun to think that like that dorm is like, Oh, I got it. I finally have some alone time. And they're like running freely down the halls, you know? Yeah. I mean, who knows who effing knows? I I like that. That's an interesting concept or idea, sort of inanimate uh, consciousness, you know? Um, Yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah, Or the more life that's in there just feeds the soul of the house and the soul start the house itself starts to take on a spiritual form. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like Mm -hmm. in Harry Potter when the Weasleys, you know, they have a ghoul living in their attic and it's like, yep, that's the ghost that lives here. You know, Um, maybe not quite literally the same thing, but I like the idea that every, every building has a spirit. Every structure has its own ghost. What do you think, Derek? What do you think about, ghosts in general are they souls of the dead are they what bryce said maybe a little a little from column a a little from column b where where do you fall you've been listening to these stories now for so long where do you fall uh on the ghost fence which side of the fence well i'm not afraid to say that i'm a hopeful skeptic i'm i'm very skeptical of all of these things show me some proof uh and in my uh my belief wanes and, and, and waxes, it, it grows and, and, and shrinks. It depends on what the subject is and what I've read about recently. But there's been a few ghost stories that have come in that have really made me change my mind about what I thought ghosts might be. Uh, for a long time, I just thought it was some sort of uh, stagnant energy or just, you know, energy that's stuck or, or somehow attracted to a certain place, thing, person, possibly. And when I say energy, I mean om- almost literally like, uh, you could power your car with it kind of energy, uh, not that strength. Again, I'm not a scientist, so I'm just throwing shit out here. See we got to harness this ghost power <laughs> for our ghost mobiles, guys. Let's get on this. But there's, you know what I mean, though. There's just some sort of we have we have energy, right? Each one of us living souls have an energy of some sort. Yeah, and when we die, beings. yeah, yeah, exactly. And when we die, that energy has to go somewhere. It doesn't just end. It dissipates, perhaps, or it gets absorbed into other thing, other things, but it's still there. That energy has to go somewhere. So that's kind of the energy I'm talking about, I guess. Um, but I always thought it wasn't as conscious as we, we originally thought, or as a lot of people think, you know, you chain rattling and chasing people out of places. I just thought it was just kind of uh, mostly residual. Most of almost everything you would see would just be some sort of residual, like a tape playing back. 
but a couple calls I got. One was um, it was a man driving his son home from something, and his son was two or three years old, just learning how to talk. And he was in the backseat behind him, and they were driving by a cemetery. And the kid just belts out, look at all those people. And he points at the cemetery and the dad looks up and it's just a field because it's not only is it, uh, you know, an empty cemetery, there's no people up there, but the stones are the flush stones. I'm sure you've seen a cemetery where the stones Mm -hmm. don't protrude out of the ground. They just, they're flat. So you can't really tell what you're even looking at from certain angles. And he claimed that was that kind of uh, cemetery. So he starts probing the kid. He's like, well, what do you see? And he's like, oh, they're just standing around. They look sad. There's a lot of grandmas. And I got cold chills when that when that guy repeated that. Uh, just the, imagining this kid coming up with all this information, a lot of grandma. Of course, there's going to be a lot of old people in a cemetery. Uh, it was just weird, a uh, weird coincidence. And the other story that really made me think about it was, I think this was in um, – the first one was in Ohio, I believe. The other one was in Washington State, I want to say. This woman was driving to work, and there was a really bad accident right ahead of her. And one of the women driving in the vehicle was killed in the accident. So she's driving through, and as she's driving through the accident, suddenly she looks over, and there's just a woman sitting in her passenger seat. And the woman looks just as shocked as she is you know, to, to see somebody there. So they kind of strike up a conversation. She's like, what the hell are you doing here? You know? And, and she's like, I'm confused. I don't know what's happening. And, and the living uh, driver, she goes, well, I think you were just in an accident. I think you've passed away. And she said, the woman's face just looked like, uh, like oh, you would expect wow. it to look when you hear that kind of news. And all of a sudden in front of the vehicle, she said it was just a bright light that opened up <gasps> and she just went toward it and gone, just gone from wow. the vehicle. And, the telling the way both of these people told these stories, oh, I, I listened to right a there. lot of stories wow. and I can suss out a liar in seconds. I don't think either of these people were lying. And those two stories just changed the way I feel about ghostly encounters. I don't have answers, but it just kind of changes the way I feel. And I think, the, I think those kind of things are much more rare than we think they are. I think, I think a lot of everyday normal um, happenings, I guess, are mistaken for ghostly activity, you know, pipes okay. banging inside your wall. Of course, somebody's knocking on the wall, right? That kind of stuff gets mistaken a lot, but the true paranormal stuff I think is a lot more rare. And I think you have to be a certain type of person to experience it. And I always say, especially on my show that the people that experience stuff like this are people that are paying attention. They're people that are always looking like UFOs. You got to be looking up. You're never going to see it. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, if ghosts, you got to be exploring, you got to be going places that, that you would experience this kind of thing. It has to be somebody that's right place, right time, but also paying attention and aware of what's happening. Uh, you could be at Walmart and see a ghost. You never know. I don't know if that answered any questions whatsoever. It, that was uh, long yeah. 100%, 100% did, man. I got chills thinking about that when you were telling that story of just that that lady who ended up in the passenger were like, what am I doing? Like just so confused uh, upon her death that just probably happened so suddenly, you know, mm-hmm. so incredible. Oh, I felt so bad too. I mean, it just, it, it touches you in a human way too. You know, we're all alive, you know, we could all die oh, yeah. at any minute. So when you yeah. hear a story like that, it's kind of like, I'm not a religious guy whatsoever. Uh, I didn't grow up religious or anything like that. So I, I guess in my mind, once you're dead, you're dead. The lights are out. It's over. But when you hear stuff like that, it kind of gives you that sliver of hope, you know, like, well, maybe there is something going on on the other side. Oh, I I 100 percent think there's something that goes on after we die. 
Um, just nobody knows exactly for sure what it is, but we'll, we'll all know one day, you know, what a trip. Well, as I joke on my show, everybody's going to find out at one point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also just, that's the first story made me think, okay, I will not be buried in a cemetery. I do not want to hang out with a bunch of sad old people for the rest (laughs) of my life. My afterlife. No, thank you. Yeah. Cremation is looking a little better these days, huh? Yeah. Put me, sprinkle sprinkle me in the ocean. Let me hang out with some blowfish. You're um, thinking about it all wrong though. You got to pick a cemetery with a lot of action. I mean, you're from Kansas. What? Stall Cemetery probably would be a good one for you. Oh boy, oh boy. It's funny that you mentioned that because we just talked about that when this episode drops we will have just talked about stole on the patreon so uh everybody go check that out um not far from where i grew up yeah 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 um creepy stuff all right derek we gotta play the game that we play with all of our guests uh and you are no exception and of course uh we've tweaked it a little bit for halloween uh it's the return of the halloween version of the game that we love to call that's its name bullshit or believe it now derek i feel like you're familiar with the show from what we've said i am yeah i don't need to explain to you but for the listeners i'm gonna go down a list of phenomena i'm gonna do it rapid fire style and if you uh, are open to something you're gonna say believe it if you're not open to something you're gonna say bullshit there's no in between you gotta pick it in the moment and we can always circle back and talk about stuff that you're a little on the fence of Okay, here we go. Derek Hayes, on your mark. Get set. Ghosts. Believe it. UFOs. Believe it. Bigfoot. Mmm. Bullshit. Vampires. I don't like that taste. Uh, Bullshit. (laughs) Shadow people. Shadow. (laughs) Don't apologize to me. Shadow people. Uh, You know, I'm going to believe it for, for today. Derek, I need you to be honest with us, okay? You you stay true to yourself in this game. Oh, I'm don't, 100% true. Like I told for, you, okay. it it waxes and wanes. And today, okay. you know, I, I just heard a story yesterday that's, that's going to be on my show tomorrow oh, uh, that kind of changed my mind on that, actually. Okay. Loch Ness Monster. Mmm. Bullshit. Alien Greys. Mmm. Believe it. Werewolves. Bullshit. Parallel Universes. Believe it. Zombies. Hmm. Believe it. Shapeshifters. Uh, bullshit. Heaven. Bullshit. Hell. Bullshit. Yeti. Um, believe it. Asterix. Astrology. (laughs) Um, bullshit. ESP. Believe it. Witches. Believe it. Demons. Uh, Bullshit. Atlantis. Bullshit. Mothman. I believe it. The Jersey Devil. Bullshit. The Biblical Devil. Bullshit. Life on other planets. Believe it. Life after death. Hmm. Ironic, isn't it? Um, I'm going to believe it for today. Woo, Again. I, think, I think there can be life after death and not be ghosts. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I think that's, that's true. Yeah, reincarnation ha- could be. Yeah, reincarnation's yeah. one. Just piecing out to another dimension and not coming back here is fine, too, you know? How, how do you, you know? do that, Michael? Do you have directions? 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not that I'm in a hurry or anything. That just sounds as, like a wild ride. As soon as I find out, I will try to tell you. Um, <laughs> once I'm on the other Did, side. Uh, uh, Derek, so, I'm coming after you. Zombies over Bigfoot? What's up, yeah. man? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, bro. Are, are we done with the game? Is Was that the final one? That was it. Sorry, okay. yes. Congratulations, you, you did uh, great. won. You upset Bryce. Um, <laughs> well, okay. Let me explain myself, Bryce. Um, the, the Bigfoot thing, I, I go back and forth so much on that. I'll look at the Patterson-Gimlin film one time and say, well, obviously, that's a guy in a suit. There's no doubt in my mind. I'll look at it a week later from a, you know a different scan or whatever, and I think, oh, wait a minute. What's this bulge here? What's that thing there? And it's you the same thing with all is. these reports. We all, well, know, what the, we all, we know, all what know what the bulge is. <laughs> um, there is no bulge. It's only pendulous breasts. Come on. <laughs> well, there's that hip, that hip muscle that could be a wrinkle yeah. in a suit. Could be yeah. the, the the wrinkle of the uh, whatever that muscle is called that I can't recall off the top of my head. Uh, so, so when it comes to Bigfoot, you know, there's so much noise, and I'm trying to like weed out stuff. And somebody sure. said something once that really made me think, and this is why I still kind of stay on the fence with Bigfoot, because logically it's impossible, at least in my head, it doesn't seem possible. But somebody said, and I, I, I can't remember who it was, so I can't uh, credit them here, but essentially they said, you know, take a human being and get rid of the technology, like all the stuff that we work toward, right? Same brain or similar brain, instead of trying to build things or go to work or create a art or stuff. You just focus on hiding and surviving, and that's literally it. That's the only mm-hmm. thing you worry about. And how good yeah. could you be at that? And how uh, how easily you could stay undetected if you were in that uh, mindset and you did have those abilities. And I- I'm not describing it very eloquently. Who but, said this to you, by the way? Like a very cool grandpa? Uh, it was a YouTuber, I'm pretty sure. Because <laughs> I watch a ton of content, for, you know, obviously for the show. So uh, somebody had said it at some point, and it just listen. It's changing a way of thinking. I think is the way to get around a lot of this. Uh, no, I like. I like. As we've I like established on the show, I, like I just have to, with that. As we've established on the show, you know, uh, Riley loves moms. Michael loves grandpas. That's I just wanted to say that. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Sorry, Bryce. Go you'll, on. you'll find your group, Michael. Eventually, yeah. somebody yeah, trying, to, yeah. trying to find it. No, I mean, I look. I totally get what this what this guy's saying. I mean, it's it's sort of a take on the the stoned ape theory, right? If you're if you're yeah. out there and you're just focused on, you know, shunning society, shunning technology, and just developing your own inner abilities, and and who knows, maybe even taking mushrooms and talking to the plants, and and you know, and and just being one with nature who God only, who only, who only knows the possibilities uh, of what they're capable God of. God only knows the possibilities for Bigfoot. <laughs> zombies, zombies. Well, no judgment. Haitian zombies is what I was thinking. You know, mm-hmm. there's the story, man, I can't think of this guy's name. Um, it'll come to me as soon as we hang up here, but it happened in like the sixties or something, but he died, right? He was in the hospital. They did all the tests. They buried him. And 30 years later, his sister sees him at a market and they recognize each other. They have a conversation. Turns out he was um, zombified or whatever, put in the coffin, dug up a day later and basically forced to work. He was a slave for 30 years. And finally, the guy that did it died and he was freed and he went on about his business. And I'm pretty sure that was featured in the book and film uh, Serpent and the Rainbow. If you guys are familiar with that. Yes. I got to go back. Based on a true story. I don't know how true any of this stuff is, when, you know, especially when it's based on a true story, your red flag usually go up. But yeah. Um, and so the stuff like that, I'm like, I'm thinking, well, 
they were using ingredients like the puffer fish was one of the ingredients, like the, the toxin from a puffer fish. Yeah. And of course, if they do studies on that stuff, you know, there's neurological effects to all these toxins, these poisons that could put you in a temporary coma, could give you the yeah. effects that were described. This is, so this is Romeo when you say and Juliet, zombies, man. This is, yeah, this is, this is go to an eternal sleep and, and, and wake up later, you know, with the antidote. Yeah. I think there are, there is the rare, rare medical case where, people have been buried alive and uh, they're oh, not sure. actually dead or their, or their heart starts back up out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. It's strange. And, and technically sure. Uh, you know what, if you crawl up out of your coffin and up through the fucking uh, muddy floor, <laughs> Hey, zombie, you got it. <laughs> You've earned the title <laughs> zombie. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Derek Hayes, is going to share some of his spookiest stories as we unearth the contents of Zombie Bigfoot's Cryptid Crypt. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay, we're kicking off Zombie Bigfoot's Cryptid Crypt. For the Halloween season here on Bigfoot Collectors Club with Derek Hayes. Now, instead, in lieu of your traditional story of high strangeness this week on the show, we've asked Derek, who's now an archivist of the strange, yeah, to like unearth some of his weirder, spookier stories, some of his favorites, uh, to get us all in the fucking mood. All right. Are you ready for this? Derek, why don't you take us away? You brought in three stories that we're going to hear, and these are calls that you got on your hotline. Um, That's right. Walk us through each one. I'm going to hand the, 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 I would say baton, but it's the skeleton bone. I'm going to hand it over to you. Well, this first one actually goes all the way back to my first season back in spring of 2016. Uh, when I first started out, I, I wasn't that popular, believe it or not. And I had to beg people I knew to tell stories. And my buddy, Matt from college told me this story years ago in the dorms fraternity house somewhere. And, uh, 
essentially I, I love the story. And I said, you got, I called him up and I said, you got to share this story for me. Just call it in. So he calls it in and this is Matt's story from Ohio. And when it's over, I'll tell you the significance of it, but this is one of the most popular calls to ever be played on any of my episodes. Mm. All right. Let's take oh, it away. Here's Matt's, Matt's story. Matt from college's story. Hey, uh, just want to tell you, thanks first and foremost for letting me uh, tell the story here. Forgive me, a few of the details are a little bit fuzzy. It was about 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago. However, what I did see still sticks with me, and it still kind of freaks me out to this day. So like I said, this was about 20, maybe even 21 years ago. I, was, uh, I wasn't even quite yet a teenager. We had just moved, my family had just moved from our old house to a brand new house. It was just built. But the development itself was still very incomplete. A lot of dirt lots, you know, basements already kind of dug out, construction stuff all over the place, and kind of like that. Kind of definitely a safe place for a young kid to go run around and be an idiot in. Anyway, this would have been uh, maybe after the first, after our first full year in the house of, uh, it must have been early summer, maybe even late spring. Um, I just remember it was warm out. I was dead asleep in my room, but like just suddenly I had like this urge. I felt like very compelled to wake up. Not like in a, a jumpy sort of way, like something startled me, but just, I was just very alert and uh, very awake. This is a little bit after 2 a.m. And uh, I also felt compelled to go walk over to my one of my bedroom windows. So I walked over and I sort of crouched down so I could see, I don't know why I crouched down, but I crouched down so I could kind of see out uh, the window a little bit better. There were some trees in our front yard they're probably gone now, but um, <clears throat> there's some trees in our front yard that block my view a little bit, but you could still kind of see all the way down to the corner down the street. Probably can't now. There's obviously, like I said, this was a, a new development at the time. There weren't many houses then, but uh, now your view would probably, probably be blocked from the same window. So anyway, as I'm peering down, looking at this corner, I see three figures walking away from, uh, away from my house. They're maybe two to 300 feet away, somewhere in that range, and kind of moving, uh, like I said, moving away from the house. So I'm watching it for a long moment, and I don't know why. Like I, I just, like I said, I just woke up and felt compelled to kind of go over the window and take a peek out. And as I'm watching these figures, I notice that I just can't glean any detail. I mean, there's even a street light kind of down the street a ways, but it's just that, like it's not enough light for me to make out exactly what or who or what was walking down the street. But I could just, I could see the more or less the dark outlines of like people. But it was really strange. As I was watching them, I noticed that they were all moving in unison, like almost like perfectly synced together. They're sort of in like a, not quite a straight line, almost like an angled line walking down the, uh, well, what would become the sidewalk, but uh, it was just kind of like a dirt path at the time. And they were also very, very slow. Even though they were moving kind of constantly, it didn't seem like any of their movements were in any kind of hurry. They just sort of almost like glided down the street. So I'm watching them for a very long moment and all three of them stop. And I don't know how to explain it. it. Even though I couldn't really make out any detail, I could tell that they all sort of turned their heads to look at me. There's nothing else on the street. There's no cars, no other people walking around. Like I said, it was new development. There wasn't much really out by where we lived at that point in time. All three of them at the same time though, like I said, they moved in unison. They craned their heads, at least as far as I could tell, to look at me. And I, I don't know if you can make eye contact with something that doesn't, you can't really see a face on, but I feel like we made eye contact for a moment. And whatever I was looking at, they knew that I was watching them and they were watching me there for that, for that long, long moment. 
All three of them, all three of the figures, turned around, uh, craned their necks around to look at me. And like I said, they all moved in unison, so I could kind of see the uh, the movements happening at the same time. We had that weird moment where I knew they were watching me, and they knew I was watching them. And it was just kind of a weird, kind of tense moment. I didn't know what to do. I just kind of sat there and just kept staring. And then uh, everything just kind of went blank, like not in like a pass out kind of way. I just felt like a very long blink. And when I opened my eyes again, I was uh, still in the same position, kind of kneeling down, looking at the window. My face was like pressed up against the glass in the window. And then instead of 2 a.m., it was just about 9 a.m., uh, maybe just a little bit before 9 a.m. I had blinked and misplaced about seven hours worth of time. It was in daylight, obviously. There was, you know, weird figures at the end of the street by the corner. Still really freaks me out, actually. You know, 20 years later, like I said, some of the details are maybe a little bit off. And, you know, I don't know how far away they were or you know, what time of year it was necessarily, but I, I still remember that moment when they turned around and looked at me, knowing that I was watching them. Still kind of runs chills up my spine. Anyway, thanks for letting me tell a story. Hopefully, I don't experience anything like that ever again. Okay. Wow. I have some thoughts about this right off the bat, but Derek, why don't you get us into this discussion here? Sure, sure. So when he called this in, I was grateful because I had content to play, of course. I had no <laughs> idea the can of worms that I was about to open up. So I yeah. played this call, and within, I would say, three weeks, I probably got half a dozen other stories identical to this one from all across what? the United States. No. All the same elements and this has continued on for years. I've probably got, I'd say, close to two dozen uh, mentions of, of these entities. I've, I finally gave them a name because I just got tired of describing them. And I called them the mirrored men the uh, for mirrored obvious reasons. Men. They seem to be mirrored. So essentially. Yeah, like they're moving in unison and mirroring one another. Exactly. Yeah. They're, whatever the first one does, the other two do the identical thing. They already look identical. Uh, but these are they're three figures that move in unison. Uh, like I said, they're identical in appearance. Is it, they is usually it always show up in a, three? It's almost. I had one account of two, which you know you could throw that out as a, a variable mm. or something. But right. everything else has been three. Wow. Um, they show up in a rural area. They show up around odd weather, uh, and there's always missing time involved. And sometimes it's substantial. Like, you know, Matt had I think he said eight hours or six hours or something. Yeah, he blinked. Uh, usually it's a lot of time. Seven hours later, he 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 like blinked his eyes and seven hours had gone by. Yeah, dude, there's there's some shit that went down in those seven hours. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's another uh, encounter with these these strange beings. I think this was in Iowa, and this gentleman was uh, deer hunting in a deer stand. And he's, he said, you know, the woods was alive. You just hear things. And suddenly he sees these three figures walk past this distant path. And huh. as they walked, just the forest fell silent. You know, all the animals just stopped. And he, I think if I'm remember, remembering the story right, he may have raised his gun to look at them through the scope. And right. that's the second he did that, they just all three turned at the same time. And he said the next yeah. thing he remembered, he was on the ground. And his gun was shoved into the dirt. And it was oh, dark out. It wasn't dark oh, when you saw these no. figures. Uh, so this, this thing. Do, do they ever describe like sort of what they look like, what they're wearing? Uh, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Is, it is varies. Like a a little. Com, is there a commonality in that? Like, uh, like, so for example, like the men in black, they're usually in dark suits, maybe a hat and, you know, sunglasses. What are these mirrored men usually? What's their vibe? Well, they're almost always seen in cloaks or robes of some sort, but a few mm. uh, encounters have seen them in like a tweed suit or like a really outdated suit from like the 20s or 30s. Wow. Um, 
their eyes are always said to be piercing. Uh, Matt didn't mention the eyes in this, but he said he got that feeling that they were looking at him, oh, uh, yeah, even though he know. couldn't see the eyes. But everybody else is like, as soon as those eyes hit you, you feel it. You don't even, you know, it, it's something you feel physical. Uh, their faces are said to be like exaggerated. Uh, their mouth is really wide, like Mick I Jagger, like, I guess. No, 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 their no, nose just no, looks no, strange. No. Their eyes are wide set. <laughs> they just don't look. A lot of people compare them to frogs, actually. Frog face. Wow. Oh, wow. I, have I love a theory. this story. Yeah. I have a theory that uh, going on nothing but Matt's story that um, I wonder if it's not actually multiple entities but it's one entity and the lens mm-hmm. like it's from a parallel dimension and the lens through which we're looking at it isn't like fully in focus. So it's like, you know, like it's when like you, when you get, cross your eyes and you get double. Yeah, vision. When you, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're getting double or triple vision, but it's just one entity that's not fully formed in, on our spectrum of, of sight. That yeah. seems to me just as plausible as if it's you know if we're going with this three entities that are all moving in unison that would make more sense to me you're in good company michael because a lot of my listeners have called in with similar uh, opinions uh, similar ideas they think that this is some sort of multi-dimensional entity of some sort and we just simply can't visualize you know the dimension that they are uh, whatever dimension it is uh, my head isn't programmed to to figure a lot of that stuff out i just kind of start pulling hair out but essentially what you're saying is that we can't see into the dimension so they're skewed like the the vision that we see is is just messed up and i think that's as good a theory as anything else i don't know what these things are i want to know what's going on with that that missing time because that's usually relegated to the world of abduction and ufo sightings i've never heard it with with strange phenomena like like these mirrored men or even with men in black, you know, it's, it's, it, I wonder what happens with man. I wonder if any of these witnesses have ever thought about getting regressed to see what took place during oh, that that's a good idea. missing time. Because I wonder if there is some, some sort of UFO component to it. Well, once you take the lid off, you can't really put it back on. So I, I imagine a lot of people are apprehensive. The thing about yeah. these, these sightings, people are shook by them. They're really yeah. upset by them. Uh, there was another one that actually happened up here. Uh, I live in the mountains above LA and near Lake Arrowhead, uh, Big Bear, if anyone's familiar. And I got a call a couple of years ago, uh, Strawberry Peak, which is up here by, um, I guess, Twin Peaks is the closest area. It's a, a bunch of cell phone towers and stuff, but there's a fire tower and you can actually visit and climb up the fire tower and meet the the lookouts and everything. So the, I guess a group was there and it gets incredibly foggy up here. You know, we're essentially in the clouds. We're at five and a half thousand feet. So this group went to the fire tower and it got dark and they decided they were all going to walk back to the car, which is like a half a mile, quarter mile walk through this forest down this. It's just a road and you can see through the forest. It's a big pine tree. So if somebody got lost, they'd be easily found pretty quickly. Uh, At any rate, everybody made it to the vehicle except for one girl. And they just waited and waited and waited. And hours later, she finally showed up and she said, did you guys interact with those people? And they're like, what are you talking about? We just were right ahead of you. There was no people. And she's like, there was three identical people. And they, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember how the story goes. They they divert her trail somehow. They make her move somehow. And I'll tell you how it goes. She went bye-bye. Probably. (laughs) She went somewhere, didn't she? Uh, and a lot of people she try to tie these into the, the fae and that kind of thing. Under the lake to the 
to the burrowed man's room. Yeah, yeah. To the Derek, I think it's time you faithful. ask your, your old buddy Matt for another favor, and that's for, for a regression session during Sweeps Week. <laughs> oh, sounds like a good Patreon episode, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Podcast Sweeps Week. I love it. God, that's so spooky. Mirrored Men. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I wonder what John E.L. Tenney would have to say about that. Oh, I'd uh, love to know, yeah. We'll find out next time he's on the show. Doesn't hurt we'll to ask. ask yeah. Him. yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm trying to find as much information as I can. I'm I'm only the messenger here. I I can throw out theories all day, but I have no clue what these are, and, and I'm oh. just lucky enough that I stumble upon, you know, this this thread of sightings. Man, cool name fantastic. though, mirrored men. The mirrored man. How many people get to name a, an entity or a cryptid or you know whatever a paranormal yeah. uh, thing like? Not many. It doesn't happen all the time. You nailed no. it, guys. Lauren if Coleman li- gets to do it. Yeah. Linda S. Godfrey. Listen, if you guys are hearing this episode and you're going, holy shit, I know what he's talking about, please write to us at BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. And we'll we'll talk about it on an L file story story and we'll even share it with we'll get we'll get Derek's opinion. Okay. Oh, great. Now, set us up for the next story here. Well, before we do that, real quick, if you're interested in The Mirrored Man, I have a special episode just on it. It's like two hours long. Uh, season 7, episode 15, I believe it is. So if you're interested and you want to learn more, you can go check that out. Um, shameless plug right there. Sorry, guys. No, no. no. <laughs> I love a Mirrored Man special. Are you kidding me? How about a Bigfoot special? Uh, I got a, a Bigfoot call for you guys. Okay. Oh, yeah. So Mickey is a longtime listener of mine. Uh, she lives in Oregon. And, uh, well, you know, let's let her tell the story. But um, this is her Bigfoot experience in Montana. Great. Hi, my name is Mickey. I'm currently living in Springfield, Oregon. I want to tell you something that happened to me when I was a long-haul truck driver. It happened on a night in early March of 2011. I'm a female, and on this trip I was solo. I picked up a load of paper out of Lewiston, Idaho. The daytime temperature that day was only about 15 degrees and there was a lot of snow. But it had been a couple of days since it snowed, so the roads were mostly clear. I needed to take the load to Billings, Montana. Normally I'd have gone through on I-90, but I-90 was closed for, for snow, I guess. I don't know, it was closed for some reason. Another trucker there said, Oh, just take uh, US-12 to Montana. It's a good road and it's open. So I looked at it on the map and decided to try it. Once I got loaded, I went to the truck stop because paper's a really heavy load and I had to weigh the truck. And there I took out my trash and got fuel and weighed the truck. And I also bought some hot wings there to eat later. I started along US-12 at about 3 p.m. It's only two lanes and it's pretty windy. And once I got down into the Loxa River Basin, I think I'm pronouncing that right, the temperature gauge read about five degrees, and it was definitely colder. Freezing fog had formed, and visibility was getting bad. And on my right was the river, and sometimes my wheels were only two feet from the river. And that was kind of scary because it was a really heavy load, and there were cracks on the side of the road, and I was afraid that the whole thing was going to collapse, and I would go into the river, which would have killed me. There was steep mountainsides on both sides of the river, and one was just right next to the the other lane of the road going up. And because it was so steep and so far up, I couldn't get any 
signal at all, not on my phone or on the Qualcomm. And the Qualcomm is the, it's like a satellite device that trucking companies use to track their trucks. And I had no signal on it, so I knew nobody knew where I was. So that being said, it was getting dangerous to keep going. And the last car had passed me probably an hour before. I was about 30 miles from the last structure I saw, which was a ranger station that was closed. And the road was getting icy, so I needed to pull over. I finally found a little pullout by a boat ramp. And so I pulled out there, and my truck barely fit off the road. But I decided, okay, this is safe. And so I got out and I walked around and checked the truck, and it was covered in ice. So I know it was heavier than when I weighed it. And so I just went in the truck, and I shut back the windshield curtains. And then I also shut the curtains to the cab to keep it warmer in there. And I, I was idling the truck for warmth. About 9 p.m., I got up and I looked at the temperature, and it was zero. It said zero degrees, but it was probably more like minus 10 because I was idling, and the the sensors actually in the engine compartment down near the wheel. But I was idling, so that's keeping the heat in there. So I figured minus 10, maybe. I just laid down to go to sleep right after I checked the temperature, and I heard rustling in the front of the truck, kind of like a plastic or paper rustling, and immediately I began to smell something. I would describe it as a cross between a wet dog, rotting meat, and the worst grocery store dumpster on a hot day you've ever smelled. It was horrible. I got up to look and I sniffed my trash because I couldn't figure out where it was coming from, but that wasn't it. It kept getting stronger and I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. So I sat back down on the bunk and that kind of shook the truck a little bit because it's air ride. So immediately when I sat down, something hit the side of my truck right where my head was. I mean, it was like two inches from my head. It sounded like a rock. I jumped and jerked around, and another one hit. And I was sure they were making big dents. When the second one hit, I knew what it was. I guarantee it wasn't a bear out there throwing rocks. And I'm sure a man, to be out there in that weather, he'd have to have so much clothing he couldn't lift his arm. I know it was a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch or whatever else you call them. I really, really wanted to see it. I was kind of excited, but I was also scared that if I put my head in the window, it would break the glass and I would freeze to death because it was so cold that my shampoo bottle that was touching the side of the heated cab was frozen solid. So I just huddled on the bed and it threw four more rocks, six altogether, and I did count them. <laughs> Gradually, the smell dwindled away, but it, it took about 45 minutes because it would get stronger and weaker and stronger and weaker, but it, he only threw just the six rocks. And I could just imagine it out there walking around the cab trying to figure out a way in or to get me to leave or I don't know what he wanted. The next morning I stayed in the cab with the curtains closed until the first vehicle passed by on the road, probably about 10 a.m. Then I opened the curtains and waited even longer before I went outside. I didn't find footprints near the truck, but it was icy and the snow had turned to hard ice. But across the road I saw a couple of places on the mountainside where it looked like something had knocked the ice away to the dirt. So there was bare dirt. But I really, honestly, there was nobody around and only a few cars going by now and then, and I really felt vulnerable. And also, weirdly, I felt like I was being watched. So I got on the road to Montana. But I have to give you a little bit further on this story. I have a theory about why he threw the rock. And I don't think it was just to make me leave, and here's why. Remember I first said I heard rustling in the front of the cab? Well, it turns out that at the time all this happened, a rat got into my truck. And I think I heard the rustling in the bag where I put the bones from the wings I ate. 
And I didn't really discover for sure that he was on the truck for about three days. Then I thought it was only a mouse because he was going under the dash to hide about a quarter inch clearance. And I just thought a little mouse was going in and out. And when I finally saw him, it was eight days later, and he was humongous. He was bigger than my tennis shoe. So my theory is, as cold as it was, I really think that Bigfoot was chasing that rat to eat. And I think he was mad because the rat climbed up under the idling truck and then chewed his way in. And I discovered the hole where he got in. It was in the rubber grommet that covers the gear shift hole that goes from the gear shift down into the engine compartment. And uh, there was a big hole in the back of it. I think he was hungry and he just really wanted to eat that rat. So that's it. Thanks for the opportunity to share and I hope you can use it. Bye. Whew. Okay. Yeah. I like that. That is some classic stuff. Also love that Bigfoot eats rats. <laughs> when it's zero degrees, you eat whatever you can catch, I guess. How's he going to cook that rat? How's he going to make a fire? Dude, he's not going to cook that rat. He's going to chomp right out of that rat's back. Sounded like it was a big ass rat, too. I mean, that's like a, that's <laughs> yeah. like a foot long pink's dog. She said, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> funny you should say that. No, just kidding. Um, don't sue us, Pinks. Um, and yeah, that rat sounded like it was the size of a shoebox. Um, this story's great for a number of reasons. One, Mickey, what a way to like set the picture. First of all, now I never, I've always had sort of a romance, a romantic idea of being a truck driver. Yeah. Now yep. I never want to do it. I'm never fucking driving through weather like this. No, <laughs> thank you. Cured that right away, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's actually Oh, go ahead. I'll let you finish. No, no, no. I just want to say also, what's up with these Bigfoot smells? And that's sort of a question for Bryce and and, and you, Derek. But, but go on, Bryce. You know, I think I think for a lot of people, it's just them trying to describe the the worst sort of s- smell they can. And there's a lot of you get a lot of wet dog, trash can bin, wet trash. Uh, it's like a. It's skunky in a sense, but skunk comes from nature. So it's, we all know what that is, but, and so they're like, you, you never get, it's like exactly like a skunk. It's always almost skunk like, uh, but anyway, yeah, she, she kind of described it right on the head. You know, what I thought was crazy about that was you know, she's describing it being th- five above zero and eventually below zero. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with being, well, you're both from cold areas, I guess. When it's cold like that, you can't smell anything like, Right. It's difficult to, you know, you could put your trash right there and you can't smell mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. And even animals don't even notice it sometimes. So this must have been a pretty powerful smell for her to have picked up on it, especially yeah, it through the truck and, and those temperatures. the air for sure. One thing yeah. I loved about Mickey is you could tell like she's not one. And this is what goes to what you were saying earlier, Derek, like. You know, you have a pretty good bullshit meter by now. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, Mickey seems like someone who's not mincing words, not making shit up. She seems like, you know, her story is exactly what her experience was. Did did you get that feeling as well, Michael? Yeah, I mean, I I actually, that's the first thing that jumped out at me listening to this story was just how grounded it was, you know. Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect example of now, look. A skeptic will say, well, she didn't actually see anything, right? Right, So fair enough. But it shows you how regular folks like you and me, like, will be like, I know I sound crazy, but here's what I witnessed. Here's what it was. And it defied all logic. And it didn't sound like she was 
reaching for anything. She's not trying no. to get attention for this story. She's no, she's working. She's trying clever, to, yeah. And in fact, in a story like this, she's trying to survive the night. You know, yep. she's yep. not. You're not thinking about Bigfoot. You know, um, it was a good enough story to just say like. I almost drove my truck into an icy river, so I pulled over and my shampoo bottle was freezing. That's a good. Mm-hmm. That's a good story. I'm impressed by that. No need to toss a Bigfoot in there. You know what I mean? It's a bit of a hat on a hat. So yeah. it just shows you how like it makes it feel more realistic to me. You know. But she didn't really even throw the Bigfoot in there because, like you said, she didn't see it. She's just guessing maybe that's what right. it was. Yep. And that's kind of another testament to maybe this being true. You know, if you're going to make up a story about experiencing a, a, a Sasquatch or whatever, you're going to see the creature. You're going to yeah, you know, this, have some right. sort of show, risk. Show the monster in that yeah. story. Yeah, you're great point. Um, and the little details like. It really felt like a horror movie, you know, like the little details of like, I didn't want to look through the window because I was afraid that a rock would break the glass and then I would freeze. You know, she's still more afraid of the elements than she is the Bigfoot itself. And that's like a mistake a character would have made. Mickey's smart. That's a mistake a character would have made in a horror film. You know what I mean? Um, I was just immediately thinking of my literally one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes is when uh, Creature on a Plane, uh, not the original with Shatner, but the uh, the one with, oh, my God, what's his name? He was in Lithgow. Yes, John, John Lithgow. Lithgow. When he when yeah, he finally wait, decides no, the original. Op- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The original was with Shatner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he finally decides to open up that window and 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 he and he just like he knows he shouldn't, but he does, and then the creature's right fucking there. I love 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 that episode. But this was like that. It's creepy stuff, Mickey. Um, I bet as a truck driver, uh, she sees weird stuff all the time. I can't, God, I wish she would have looked. Damn it, Mickey. I know. Next time, yeah. look. Smart. smart you know, I, I asked her, I actually, I got to interview her on a Patreon episode. She told the story uh, verbatim again. It was identical. There was no variations. Uh, she oh, wow. certainly knows the story front and back. And I asked her about marks on the vehicle. And I believe she said there were some paint scratches uh, where she believed it was hit. Um, you know, there was obvious marks where something was hitting it. But there were yeah. no rocks outside or anything like that that she saw. My idea was... Uh, possibly the reason she didn't find the rocks was that he wasn't throwing rocks at her, but actually hitting the truck with the rock, trying to scare the rat out mm. kind oh, of fashion to make noise, you know? I mean, this might be a little sophomoric of me, but frozen turds, maybe. How about maybe snowballs? <laughs> maybe a snowball fight. A delightful snowball. That's true. There you go. It's the perfect um, crime. Turds, the ice melts really, in the windows. Frozen turds? Like what? <laughs> yeah. Big like foot's... he had a cooler of his turds next to him, and he's like, I'm saying, primates throw the scat. Primates I was going to say, scat. is this a primate thing? Are you against primates, yeah. Michael? No, I'm just saying they throw uh, scat. Haven't you ever been to the... Six frozen that's turd? a stereotype, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's six... pre-planning. Okay, fair enough. All if right, everybody. I'm turd, <laughs> But when six, that's like pre... That's like, you know, that's yeah. well thought. He's packing. He's <laughs> loading <laughs> loading them up. Um, it's cold out there. You got to throw something. Okay. Uh, let's move on from this. Uh, we have one more story. This one. Uh, why don't you set it up for us? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this one. Okay, here we go. Sure. This one is wild. Um, 
it's a call I never in a million years thought I would get. And I actually threw this one in there because of your uh, bullshit and believe it game. But we, <laughs> I didn't realize I was playing the Halloween rules, so we didn't get to talk about it. Uh, oh. But this one's an anonymous call out of Texas. Uh, and, and like I said, this one, you're never going to believe what this creature is. Okay. Hi, Derek. I'd like to stay anonymous on this call because honestly, I just, I'm not sure if I even believe myself, but I figured it was worth giving you guys a call and seeing if any of your listeners have had experiences such as this. But it's in Texas and back in 2013, actually, during the summer, nice clear day. I was out fishing with a couple guys, and um, in the Texas Gulf, if anybody's an avid fisherman there, they know to go to the deep well or the deep water oil rigs and fish kind of right around those oil rigs because usually red snapper and other fish are stacked right there. And if you avoid the pipes with all the barnacles and stuff on it, it's usually a pretty good place to go fishing and catch great fish. Anyhow, we were out fishing that day, and it was probably towards the afternoon. We had quite a good catch, good haul coming through. We did have several of our lines getting cut. And I don't know if you're familiar with fishing too much or not, but you know, if you get a snag and you try to pull that snag and get it loose, you know, you'll see that tension on the on the line where it snapped. It'll either be curled up or it'll be thinned out or whatever. But if you, you know, get like a cut, like an actual cut, it's usually a, a real clean just cut through the fishing line. Uh, well, we were getting those, and we weren't, and we know we weren't anywhere near the pilings or any kind of pipe because we can see it on our depth finder. So we were just kind of curious as to what maybe what was cutting our line, and we thought maybe it was like a barracuda or a little shark or something like that down there grabbing our fish as we would hang them and try to pull them up. But it happened several times. I mean, each of us had several instances where our line would just seem to be cut. Anyhow, like I said, it was towards the end of the day, and we were fishing, and I decided to take a break. Give me some water and just some snacks and stuff like that. Uh, you definitely want to, don't want to be drinking too heavily that far out because we were probably 13 miles from the shore. If you drink too much, good luck getting back, especially with the seas. This day, the, the sea was very, very clear, very calm. Those of you who haven't been out that far fishing, typically you can see like 50, 60 feet down. You know, you can see activity down there. You know, I mean, you may about be able to spot exact outline of a fish or whatever, but you're able to see them. And that's how this was. It was kind of a normal day, nice and clear. We were fishing, and like I said, I took a break and started just kind of gazing, you know, looking at the water, just kind of gazing off a little bit. And a sea turtle caught my eye, and I thought it was really awesome. You know, I don't see many sea turtles out when I've been fishing, but the sea turtle caught my eye, and it was a big one. It was, the shell was probably four foot by five foot, something like that. It was just kind of cruising slow, you know, about 10 feet underneath the surface. So it was kind of coming towards our boat. Then at about, it, it, it came within probably 10 feet from the boat or so, and I was kind of the only one on that side of the boat. I was on the port side, and the fish, I was watching it because I was like, man, this is kind of cool. It's coming up to about that five, six-foot depth range. And I was watching it, and all of a sudden, it just seemed to f turn over, you know, uh, it just where the, where the top of the shell was now facing down and the bottom of the shell was facing up. And, you know, the sea turtle, I mean, it had that, that kind of cream color to the shell. Anyway, I was watching it, and I was like, I wonder why it's, it's turning over. And I kid you not, man, all of a sudden... It just started to, the only way I can say it is it started to transform, I guess, and it elongated, it seemed like it elongated out, and this is why I wanted to stay anonymous because it sounds crazy. 
it just seemed that it turned into a mermaid. And, you know, I was just, I was like, what, what? The face was looking up at me and it was, like I said, about six to eight feet below the surface of the water. And you can see the, the back half of the tail, or the, the, uh, the fish part, as you can say. It started up higher than what you know you typically see in movies. Like it was, it was like above the belly button area. You know, is where it started, like right below the breasts, I guess you could say. Uh, it started there. It was kind of uh, just that greenish, grayish, silver, you know, color that you see. Of course, a little bit lighter on the bottom, like a normal fish is. But going up, like you couldn't tell if it was male or female. You know, you definitely see, you know, like I said, you see a chest but you don't know if it's male or female. And then it definitely had arms. Now the arms were kind of odd. They didn't really have shoulders. It kind of was at an angle, I guess, on both sides. Kind of, it went almost like it didn't have, well, no, it had a neck, but almost, I don't know, it just, that transition is weird. But it, it had arms, long arms, and the face, man, the face was just, it, you know, cause like I said, it was about 10 foot down. It was clear, so I could see a lot, you know, I could see it pretty vividly. The face was just kind of a, I want to say like a bluish green color. I mean, it was kind of that coloration and it was just odd. Actually, later on, whenever I was at home, you know, just a couple months later, whatever it was, my wife was watching Harry Potter. And I think it's one of the latter films of Harry Potter. And they had the the bad wizard, the Voldemort, Voldemort, Voldemort yeah, well, anyway, the, the bad wizard. The face of that wizard looked almost identical to this face. I mean, it was, it stopped me in my tracks whenever I was kind of walking by and glancing over the TV. I was just like, that's it. That's what it is. You had little slits in the nose. You had just this weird reptilian face. And it was very odd, very, very odd. And then the hair was kind of a dark matted type of hair. It was just very odd, very, very odd. And Anyway, it had something in his hand, but I couldn't really see it. But anyway, it, 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 this all took from the transformation period to me seeing it. it took about maybe, I don't know, 45 seconds. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I saw, you know, it was just as soon as I really got to see the face and head, it kind of just bent backwards and just went straight down, just went straight down into the depths. So I was sitting there, like I said, I, I didn't believe what I was seeing. I, I didn't know what to think just odd just very odd but but then i started thinking you know again this was after we got on shore i didn't say anything to anybody because i didn't want to be looked at you know because like I, I didn't know if i believed myself you know it could just be the water playing tricks on me whatever whatever, whatever. but a couple you know a couple days later or whenever it was i got thinking i was like you know that's probably why our lines were getting cut is what if this mermaid creature was down there and it had something sharp and it was cutting our line and you know, and, and maybe it just was trying to see what dumb people were, you know, providing them a free meal or something. I don't, I don't know. But like I said, I, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I've wondered many times if I was just, my eyes are playing tricks on me. But I figured I'd share just to see if anybody else has had an experience like that. Anyway, man, uh, that's, that's kind of the story. I hope everything's good and look forward to continuing to listen to your podcast. All right, bud. Well. There you go. Mermaid. Bullshit, bro, bullshit or believe it. <laughs> believe it. Just, you have to what now, the, right? Fuck. Are we not sure this just wasn't maybe a turtle with 
with with nipples? I mean, is it possible? Because <laughs> the Voldemort doesn't look that different from a turtle. If you just oh, look that's at interesting. Their faces, yeah, right. That's a good right. point. Like, I yeah, could, I you know, turtle's head upside down, sort of looking like Voldemort's head. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's supposed to be reptilian. Maybe this yeah. was just a turtle. Maybe but it was just boobs. a turtle. He saw those mermaid boobs, man. Actually, and... though, he said there was a chest and wasn't male or female. Couldn't yeah, tell. Yeah, he couldn't tell. He couldn't discern whether it was male or female. Mm. I, mm. I don't know. Derek, you got to explain this one because I wish I weird could. turtle is maybe where I'm going with this. <laughs> well, you know, on my show, I, like I said, I'm a hopeful skeptic. So if I see some sort of logical explanation for any of these stories, I'm going to say what it is. I'm not going to claim that's what happened. I'm just going to say that's an, that's uh, something a little more logical than a creature, you know, that, that may be the reason that you, you experience this thing. And I racked my brain. I talked to a, uh, my uh, uh, marine biologist friend of mine, and we kind of came up with this idea of a blanket octopus. Mm. You know, essentially it's just an octopus that actually lives in that area and is often filmed around these oil wells. And it's a like a six foot long octopus, but it's got webbing in between uh, several of its tentacles. So it just looks oh. like it's wearing a cloak and it's a long flowing cloak. And of course, it's an octopus. So it's a master of camouflage. Uh, it can change shape, texture, color, size. Yeah, dude. Yep. And, and it's got f- patterns that might look like a shell. You know what I mean? If you're just yeah. looking at it. Oh, dude. Well, my first thought was what well, was Googling- mimicking it. Yeah, Google Google, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Google Blanket Octopus and get a look at these things. This thing is, by the way, fucking awesome. Oh, <laughs> this is like better yes. than a mermaid. They're beautiful. Uh, but my thought was maybe it was mimicking a turtle, right? So he thought he saw a turtle in this creature, or this, uh, sorry, octopus was just mimicking this known animal for uh, protection. I'm sure turtles are safer. It's safer to be a turtle than to be an oh. octopus in the open ocean. Um. Then I don't know why it would turn into a human. Like I could see it mimicking a human. Maybe it saw a human swimming or something like that. But this, that's a lot of grabbing at straws to explain. Yeah, but if you look at you some know? of these blanket octopus photos and listeners, if you're in a place to do this, I would do this. You could they almost look like they have a they're they're about the length. They almost look like they have arms and they're wearing like mm-hmm. a skirt. I can First of all, I did not know this fucking animal existed, and now maybe it's my new favorite animal. Yeah, this thing is know. bad fucking ass. There's one here that looks like uh, it kind of looks like Starro from uh, Suicide Squad. I'm into this. I think we have our culprit. I'm gonna say, yeah, but, you know, and and look, look. After seeing my octopus teacher, I, I I like it's incredible what these what these creatures can do. And I, I'm not going to say it's not a blanket octopus, but the, how, so how would you explain the cutting of the fishing line? Like these, these guys sound like, you know, they fished quite a bit and something was cutting the line, you know? Well, the blanket in the octopus is little pockets. And it turns out this one just happened to be a tailor. He's got some little clippers in there, little scissors. And he goes snip, 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 snip. And he cuts those lines. Yeah, no, I don't know. Look, it's weird. Um, but I got to like, if you're telling me, these creatures exist and look at every photo of this it looks slightly different in every picture um yeah it's, i'm saying it's more likely it's this and so you're who, not gonna if go I saw the, shape-shifting mermaid n- i'm not because if i saw this i would go to mermaid before i would go to blanket octopus because right. i don't know this thing fucking exists with knife sharp claws I, yeah, well with, you know where i am shape-shifting mermaid knife sharp claws 
Well, to kind of answer Bryce a little bit, they do have, all octopi have a beak and it's kind of centrally located and it looks like a parrot's beak. You know, it's a really sharp, you can get bit by an octopus and I I can just imagine them, you know, maybe they have herring or something on the line on a hook. The octopus comes by and engulfs that and it can't get it obviously because it's lined. So it just cuts the line and takes off with, with the goods. Uh, You know, that could explain it. That doesn't mean that's what it is. It's mouth too. It's going to get a fisher. Oh yeah, oh, it's, it's I've swallowed now it's a piece. Of, I've swallowed a piece of sharp glass. It's not fun. Wait, Oof. wait, what? Oh, sorry, I'm going to getting off track here. No, uh, uh, tell that story, please. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm intrigued no. as well. No, he still right. has the glass. Is what I want. Google Google anal fisher. Um, <laughs> wait. Not on a work computer. You, I wanted to know how you swallowed the glass and you went to anal fissure. Well, because when you, you swallow the glass, it's got to come Wait, out, right? Why were you swallowing glass, though? How did I glass get in your Look, mouth? I did a lot of stupid shit when I was drunk, okay? Wait, is I don't this, know. Is this a Club Bryce story? It, I don't know when it was a story, but did I Did you break a glass while you were drinking, or did someone yes, bet you I think that glass? I think I broke a glass while I was drinking. This and, story and is highly suspect. And At least it was <laughs> accidental. <laughs> I w- this is suspect, Bryson. We're going to get into this over on the other side at some point because this That's is I'm That's not just what I want to talk about. Right. This is not. It, it sounds like a full episode. Strangest things you've swallowed, and you can yeah. just have guests on, and they can all share the strangest things. Well, I guess I'm feeling sorry for that blanket octopus who swallowed the the hook and line from the the herring. Hmm. All right. Anyway. I need to know more about this off off camera, off mic. Wow. Uh, Derek Hayes. Uh, amazing stories that you shared with Thank us, you. both from your show and your experiences. Uh, where can people find Monsters Among Us? Uh, you can find Monsters Among Us anywhere you can find a podcast, essentially. We release a new episode every Thursday, um, and we're in our 12th season now, so we've been around for quite a while. And if you have a story you'd like to share, hopefully you guys don't mind me doing this, but I have a hotline. one 888 night if you have a story, call in and, and share it with us. We tried N I T E, N I G H T. Oh, N I G H T. Oh, right, right. Oh, I didn't. Six oh four. It's a eight 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 six. Now I can't do it on cue. Eight 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 six zero eight six four 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 is is the numerical got number it, of it. Got it. Got it. Listen, listeners, if you call this guy before you write into us you were dead to us okay that's all i'm gonna say it's okay that <laughs> he enough. did that but you were dead to us hey no, we have um, a gmail he's got a hotline of course you want to I mean, go to the hotline we use we tried a hotline and it never worked so uh <laughs> you can email us by the by the way guys record a voicemail and email us the voice the the voice memo the voice memos um all right uh, whatever um listen Derek, Derek we're big fans of what you do you do a great job I love guys. you on paranormal caught on camera and a fan of the podcast as well so keep up yes. the great and I and I know you got some good stuff coming down the pike as well so uh definitely do yeah that. and where can yeah, people come find back and talk about that your social media Derek oh boy that's not my department um okay just search for Monsters Among Us podcast great, uh, my, my wife Sarah takes care of all that and she's got it nailed down so you search well, for it you'll find it We'll tag you in all the Instagram stuff. People can find you there. Um, guys, uh, not much to plug the, from me. Just follow me at McMills on Instagram and Twitter. Fine. Sure. I, I'd never tweet anymore at all. Uh, find me over at Instagram. I'm, I'm throwing up pictures of Violet and Zola. I'm in puppy heaven right now. I'm having a great time over there. Yeah, Rice, where cutie. can people find you? 
You can find me on Instagram and Twitter where I do most of my business. I'm on Instagram at Mr. Bryce Johnson and Twitter at Bryce O. Johnson. And, and hey, the secret account at Eats Glass 2001. <laughs> for all look, your do anal yourself fissure a favor. videos. Go check out Derek's stuff and go get yourself a Tyler Bentz perennial zombie Bigfoot black hoodie. Mwah, chef's kiss. Yeah, it's one of our favorites. All right. Thanks again to Derek Hayes. Thank you to listening. Uh, Good stuff coming up this month. Until next time, good night and go get regressed. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch, involved in a then-unheard-of secret organization called the Illuminati, and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.